This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Paulo Bergamo, SVP of Mobile and Salesforce One at Salesforce. We call it the Intelligent Customer Success Platform because it enables companies to be smarter, to be more efficient and faster and optimize their processes. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Paolo Bergamo became a visiting professor at UCLA in 2002. He worked in the group of Leonard Kleinrock, the father of the internet, who built the first three ARPANET nodes. Paulo then left academia to join a mobile technology startup called Sendia, based in Santa Monica, California. Sendia became the first Salesforce acquisition in 2006, and since then, Paulo has been the lead of mobile products for Salesforce. In 2008, the Salesforce mobile app was the first business app ever in the iPhone app store, and now he's currently SVP of Salesforce One and Mobile, defining mobile strategy and leading mobile product management. Thank you so much, Jordan, for inviting me. It's very exciting for me as well. Absolutely. And I like to start out by digging into your origin story to really understand what makes you tick, you know, what shapes your perspective for these insights we're about to dig into. And me personally, I'm really passionate about you know, how and why things work and then using these insights to solve problems for people and really using mobile technology to enable these solutions to scale. So Paulo, for you, you know, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? I have had a different interest in mobile at different ages of my life. I think I started a long time ago, almost by chance. It's just a combination of things happening, right? I thought of myself when I was very young as a mathematician. That's what I really liked. And a teacher actually in eighth grade told me, you really are now a mathematician. You are more an engineer. Imagine like this little kid, this 13 years old kid looking at the teacher and say, Huh? What's engineering? <laughs> yeah. In combination with something else, I think my father actually worked in a telco in Italy for 35 years, and that shaped my thinking around communications. And the third leg of this, I think, is I always been OCD and hated the wires sticking out of my computers, and I couldn't really find a way how to bundle them together so that they didn't look ugly. <laughs> Naturally, it took me, you know, to really explore mobility, mobile, wireless. Uh, that's where I come from, and that was an early age. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and I, I always like to dig into what are these things that create really these pivots along our pathway. Because I I can relate to the mathematician. I was a huge math geek all the way through high school, but it sounds like you had someone that maybe recognized a differentiator for you that kind of push you towards that new engineering path and then mixed with, you know, your father's experience in, in that environment. And then just kind of this drive for eliminating wires and being tethered. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So would you say that's really the thing that drove you into mobile? Yeah, I think so. I think it started like that. I think by the time I got to college, I thought I knew computer science, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> and I made a slightly different choice. And I took 
electronics engineering in Italy, in a small town in Italy. That actually was good because I could explore wireless and in at in a different level, really at the transmission level, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then more I was learning about electronics, the more I figured out what really made me excited was uh, computer networks. So I started exploring uh, routing protocols for wireless networks, the type of stuff. So I started moving from more of the physical layer and the electronic layer of the wireless systems into applications, I should say. Mm. So by the time I got to actually choose my path for PhD, I actually chose telecommunication systems. I really thought that was a pivotal moment of my life that really put me on the path of mobility. So that was good. That was good. And I was very lucky and I had the opportunity to come to UCLA actually as a visiting professor Hmm. back in 2002. And I was immensely lucky because I got to meet this professor. This professor is Leonard Kleinrock. He is literally the father of internet. I know a few people can claim father of internet, but Kleinrock is the person who actually built the first three ARPANET nodes. And one of them is still at UCLA. I'm very proud of my picture next to it. It looks like <laughs> a fridge, how big it is. And it was really a, a switch more than, a, more than anything. That was a fantastic experience. Uh, frankly, that um, Kleinrock actually kind of opened up my mind. I, you know, I do come from a small town, to be completely um, honest. So with some comes with a certain type of mindset, if you will, a little negative. And I think Kleinrock really helped me to look at the alpha glass, if it makes sense, mm-hmm. and uh, start exploring and now just say no and just trying to figure out what else you can do and push the boundaries and the limits and be optimistic about things. So it was uh, partially was great for business, partially was great for my personal life as well. That's really cool. And I can really relate to that. I come from a small town, also Hood River, Oregon, grew up on an emu ranch. I didn't really have that mentorship either to provide that catalyst into technology until I found John, the owner here at Emerge, who is my mentor. And I can totally understand how that can be the catalyst into just a whole new perspective. And so can you maybe walk us through the, the path that you took just from UCLA to then joining Sendia and then now the SVP of Mobiles in Salesforce One? Yeah, absolutely. So I think after two years at UCLA, I really like uh, research and I really like to teach. And I, I, God, I love to be with younger people who are passionate and they want to learn. You know, I always say, as a professor, if you get three people in the classroom, they really follow you and you can get them excited. That's it. You know, you're happy for the entire year, you know? Yeah. I thought that the research in college was a little too longer term and effectively the part in which you actually get to productize something you invented, it never happens in college, not for real. This goes back to the intuition, you know, that teacher in in middle school really told me, like, you are an engineer at heart. And I guess it came strong out when I was doing research. I'm like, okay. I need to take an idea and actually get it out in front of people. I want to have feedback from actual users and consumers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make a transition. So we are talking about 2002. 
frankly, was a little hard to get visas if you remember, you know, with the whole, you know, 9-11 issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had this opportunity to join uh, very early on a startup called Sandia. Sandia was a fantastic mobile technology company, which, uh, you know, I hope I helped to shape <laughs> in its form. Mm-hmm. And what we did was pretty simple. We tried to build uh, business tools for mobile phones. Now, mobile phones back then were Blackberries and the Trios, the Palm Trios, if you remember. You're probably mm-hmm. too young, actually, to remember. <laughs> to be honest. But uh, we're talking about black and white Blackberries with a wheel on the side for the audience who do remember this. Mm-hmm. So here is... Uh, what we thought, the most important tool you have in business is CRM, is SFA and CRM. So we wanted to translate that into mobile. So this is what we did. Those were the times of web services. First web services started appearing in backend systems like Oracle and Civil, Civil On Demand, and Salesforce was starting as well. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is we built a middle layer and we put it between the web services, the API, and the mobile phone. And we built a mobile app on the phone, which was highly optimized for offline access because I remind you at that point, the network was edge, wasn't 4G, wasn't LTE. So you really need to optimize you know, the data communication, trying to reduce it, the bare bone. We have built this application will will essentially will synchronize with the backend systems. Not just that, not it wasn't just data. It will also help you to edit data and also, you know, any kind of business process you may have defined in those systems that will automatically show up on the phone. Hmm. That was the idea. I think I learned in that experience to truly make life easier for employees. I think I started playing with tools and you know to some extent still now. Business tools are not great. They are really hard to use. And you have to bend to their design and not other way around, if it makes sense. So I started really appreciating the complexity of turning these tools into simple things for the consumers. The company was successful uh, to a point in which Salesforce uh, did see the opportunity to make a leap forward in terms of technology. And they acquired us. So in 2006, we became part of the Salesforce uh, family. Keep in mind that at that point, I was a developer. I was still designing, uh, like literally coding the systems. Mm. Another pivotal moment, I guess, uh, happened at that point in which Salesforce saw in me the opportunity to become more of a product manager, which to be completely honest with you, and I think a lot of people will appreciate this, (laughs) my first reaction was, what? You don't think I'm a good engineer, you know? <laughs> right. Like what? Uh, so I took a, a little bit of negativity came out. And mm-hmm. anyway, um, you know, I thought about it for over a night and actually I came back and I said yes. And I wanted to take this new journey. And I thought there was another great choice, another lucky moment, if you will, of, uh, of my life, because I think I'm a much better product manager than what I was as an engineer. That's interesting. Did one person see that in you or is it just kind of like a lot of people saw that? I would say a person saw that in me and was willing to to take the risk. You know, like sometimes you have to really put all your heart into these things. At the same time, you also need to be lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think these things um, at least three, four times happen. (laughs) And happened for me. 
after that, I think we did a really good job and we sold that product uh, really well. And I think Salesforce had the vision to, or the intuition to purchase that kind of technology, like maybe a couple of years before everybody else. So when the demand really picked up, we were ready and we had a solid product. The point in which actually when in 2008, Apple launched the App Store, Right, 2007, there was uh, you know the launch of the of the iPhone, and 2008, mm-hmm. they launched the essentially the possibility for third parties to code uh, on the iPhone platform, right, on iOS. Mm-hmm. If you go back in the 2008 event, uh, actually you see five companies were uh, chosen to showcase the power of this upcoming platform, right? Mm-hmm. And there were two consumer companies, two gaming companies, and there was one business, uh, enterprise company, so to speak. And when uh, Steve Jobs actually looked around and see what other companies done on BlackBerry and the Palm Trio, at that point, it was mostly BlackBerry. It was truly dominating the market. He saw uh, Salesforce Mobile, which was, you know, the Sandia product, the, the, the product that came from the Sandia acquisition. He was very impressed. So they called us. So if you actually see, you know, in the 2008 event, launch event, you're going to see Salesforce Showcase, which was pretty cool. and Something that you built. So not just me, but uh, yeah, a small team for sure. Right. And it was uh, very interesting to see, to work on campus in Cupertino with all the big guys, so to speak. Uh, if you do not know how these things work, is that they just take you for two, three weeks uh, with you and two other people, one to two other people, typically a product manager, an engineer, or two engineers, and you disappear from the face of Earth. You're not supposed to talk to anyone for like two, three weeks, and then you build, and then, uh, you know, Steve Jobs evaluates how well he came. Just because you are there doesn't mean that you're just going to go on stage and present, right? You also mm-hmm. need to come up with something really good. We did uh, something really good. So that gave me a lot of visibility, frankly, internally. So. People trusted me to start owning more and more of the mobile strategy and all the mobile products and the mobile platform. If I can keep going, I guess uh, the next step of what we've done at Salesforce is to build this amazing tool, which is called Salesforce One, Mm -hmm. which really takes uh, everything we learned from Salesforce Mobile, the original app, and we really try to rethink mobile. And I think that's the key for innovation. We try to rethink mobile in a way that mobile is not a app, but it's really embedded into the platform. Salesforce One is uh, that uh, application that literally lets you run your business on your phone. Mm. It's a pretty bold statement, but if you think about it, you have sales processes, you have service processes, you have marketing processes, you have communities and analytics. Those are all the things we do at Salesforce, right? Mm-hmm. And need to have them on the go with you all the time. And Salesforce One is built in a way that as soon as you build a new process or you have a new piece of data in your core systems, automatically they show up on mobile as well. So that is a completely different perspective. And if you think about it, a very important uh, and complementary piece of uh, Salesforce One is that it enables collaboration. 
mm-hmm. within all the departments of your company through our collaboration tool, which is called Chatter. So maybe before we dive in deeper into Salesforce One and, and some of the mobile strategy that's on your purview, it might be good to step back a little bit and maybe spend a couple minutes describing the breadth of Salesforce. Would you be able to do that? So Salesforce is a fantastic company. It's truly a company that started the cloud first. It's the only one actually started cloud first at the enterprise scale. So this is our mission. We help our customers to connect to their customers in a whole new way. That's another pretty bold statement, but we really help you track all the interactions you have with your customers, with your consumers, right? Not just that, we also help you to reach out to them through marketing, Mm -hmm. of course, through sales, through service. We help you uh, establish really strong communities around your products. We give you business intelligence and analytics. And on top of this, in the new world, which we can talk about later on, the new world is really um, of Internet of Things and connected uh, devices, we also let you massage all this data that comes from the CRM system and the connected devices. And on all of this, we help you identify what are the most important trends and anomalies, if you will, through artificial intelligence. Mm. This is the power of Salesforce. It's a true platform. We call it the intelligent customer success platform because it enables companies to be smarter, to be more efficient and faster in optimize their processes. Let me tell you this thing, and I think it's something that a lot of people in the audience will actually appreciate. I was fortunate enough back in the early 80s, I would walk in a store with my grandfather. Maybe it was a store, you know, a tailor in which they really designed the the suit for you or the dress for you, take your measures. And I was really impressed on how people, the owner of the shop or you know, the assistants in the shop will remember each one of us. Or not me specifically, but my grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He remembered the colors, he remembered what was better suit for my grandfather. That I was very, very impressed. I would go to the bakery and they would know I exactly what I get. I didn't have to ask like Mm -hmm. every day, you know. And when uh, the supermarkets came, we lost all of that. We absolutely lost it, right? That kind of a customer service, truly understanding your customer is gone, Mm -hmm. right? Right. This is the mission we have to do as enterprises. Any enterprise, any large company, any small company need to go back to that quality of customer service you should be able to walk in any store or any retailer or any brand, any fashion brand or any dealer, car dealer, and they should know what you have bought. You should know what your preferred colors are. We need to go back to the kind of customer service, which was typical of a mom and pop store, but we had to do it at the scale of millions of consumers and around the world. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit what we're trying to do with Salesforce, be the platform to help you do this. So now thinking as your role, right, uh, as SVP of mobile and Salesforce One, and your main focus is, you know, how are you moving the needle toward that goal? As I said, 
as everything in life, mobile's got different meaning in different um, ages, right? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think we have helped uh, with Salesforce One, mobilizing all the data and all the business processes and you know the the collaboration with Salesforce One was step one. Salesforce One is really the app for all employees. It's wildly successful, four and a half stars on the stores, uh, you know, 1.5 million users uh, using it on a daily basis. So that's pretty fantastic. Now, mm -hmm. we also have optimized applications. If you really need to analyze data, slice and dice data, then we have the Wave um, application. And uh, if you need to do field service, you have, we have the field service application. So we also manage these uh, specific use cases that need to be highly optimized. And that's all good. The other part of the strategy is, of course, to enable our customers to build uh, applications uh, for their own uh, consumers, for their own customers. Mm -hmm. We do this through a mobile platform and mobile SDKs. And that is all great. The important part to understand is that all these applications need to be connected into the CRM system. They need to be connected into the IoT platform, right? It can't be a standalone isolated application. And that is something where that we constantly think as product managers. We really want to have a connected world in which I don't want to downplay this, but mobile is just a user interface to access data, to track interactions, and to, of course, to track, to access, you know, business processes, mm -hmm. if it makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other thing we always keep in mind when we design things is it needs to be easy to develop applications. We have this mantra, which is the low code, no code mantra. So every time we build a piece of code or a functionality, we try to do in a way that anyone can really easily build an application in a visual way. Mm -hmm. So you drag a drop components on a screen and that's it. It's automatically updated on all the devices in the world. This is important. This is why we start talking about now more about developers in the Salesforce nomenclature, we, of course, we have the developers. Well, we call these people trailblazers. Trailblazer is, uh, in our nomenclature, is someone who's uh, blazing a new trail, right? Which means they know what they want to build for their consumers and for their employees, and they just pick Salesforce as a tool to build it. They don't need to be developers. They can do it as just smart people, as trailblazers. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to democratize technology and make it easy for everyone to create that kind of transformational experiences. Now, this is today. If I can add where we are going as mobile, I think mobile is changing rapidly. And I think the new paradigm, we see it every day. So if you think about it, if you want to arbitrarily identify the smartphone revolution as the day the first iPhone was released, right? 10 mm -hmm. years ago? Mm -hmm. Okay, very arbitrary. Now, mobile is a pretty mature market. And at first, we thought we would have had an application for literally everything, right? And you've seen massive amount of population of applications in the stores. Mm -hmm. I think in a recent podcast, you actually did, 
you said that typically um, a consumer uses 26 applications on a month in a mm -hmm. month mm -hmm. actually another statistics uh, says that you spend 85 percent of your time on the phone in only five apps right yep <laughs> so now the number of apps are actually shrinking right 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 and these apps are becoming super apps that's mm -hmm. the trend we see what's important to understand what, what what's happening exactly think about an application like Facebook Messenger. It's built as a platform. You can embed services. You can embed Uber. You can embed, you can embed Lyft, right, on these types of applications. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, the user has the possibility to open the Uber app or to go to the Facebook Messenger. Now, Facebook Messenger is already authenticated to a massive amount of other systems. You don't have to type the credit card information again. It already knows who you are. It already knows your location. So these applications are becoming super apps. They are mm -hmm. becoming containers for services. We frankly didn't invent this, right? We copied this from WeChat in China, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've been doing this, and I think it was a, the, the winning model. So we are going to see a reduction of number of apps, and we're going to see consolidation of services into these apps. And I think actually Salesforce One as the super app for all employees, along with other apps. Now, the other trend is there's a lot more devices, right? Mm -hmm. The technological push for phones has forced the industry to develop, to really push the boundaries of technology. And now we have watches with more sensors than the phones, but with the same computational power, right? Mm -hmm. The smart, mm -hmm. smart watches. Now we have devices like Alexa who take just the voice, the recognition part of the phones and embed it into a system, which is now plugged into all the other devices you have in the house and you can control them and get information, right? Mm -hmm. So now there's a proliferation of devices. So here's the challenge for 2020, which is what we are going after and what we are building against. How do you really build that platform in which you define the user experience in the cloud, and then it doesn't matter what device you're using, but you should be able to start a business process from one device and complete it to on a different device. I'll mm -hmm. give you an example. You may want to buy a ticket for a flight through the mobile phone, but then do the check-in through Alexa, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you do this in a simple way? This is the trend that is emerging, and this is what we are building against. Yeah, that's really interesting. And this actually reminds me of a podcast episode I had with one of the guys that leads mobile for SAP, and they've actually rebranded to Digital Interconnect with seeing where things are going. And uh, one of the points we were talking about is right now we have this relationship too many. So it's a one to many relationships, many devices, many apps, and, and all of these things. But we're moving towards that one to one to many, where we have that one like Alexa or specific AI interface that then does all of that, all the connection for us on the back end. And so that's that's really validating and interesting. Yeah, actually, Rohit Tripathi is the person I think you're referring to. Yep. Is, uh, is very smart, I think. Our thinking is aligned in all the ways. With this idea of this connected world and mobile being this user interface and 
really now we have wearables and, and these other interfaces to this connected world. What are some of the challenges that you're facing, whether internally with Salesforce to move to that or clients adopting this new way of thinking? What are some of these critical challenges that you're facing? This is a really interesting question. And there are three parts of this question. Mm -hmm. So number one is to tactically decide what devices we support uh, out of the box and what we delegate to partners, right? I'll give you an example. Salesforce as an enterprise platform, although we do have a IoT platform, we are not necessarily in the business of connecting each device to the network, right? That's not what we do. But in the new digital world with so many devices, which ones we really pick, right? It's clear that the voice category, we are going after how many of these of this, the voice devices we are going to support. That is like a challenging prioritization exercise, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Same thing with augmented reality type of devices to which, um, you know, that we support the phones and HoloLenses and then uh, what other devices are coming out and so forth. Chatbots is, is in the same way. There's a multitude of things. So, so that, that is a prioritization we need to do across uh, the channel type and mm-hmm. in the same channel type, how many of actual instances we're going to support. So this is an interesting exercise to do. The other thing is um, a little bit as a platform, we really need to make, as I, we go back to what I said before, as Salesforce, we have the mantra of low code, no code, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to really build that platform that makes easy for a intelligent admin, not necessarily a developer, to orchestrate all these events coming from multiple different systems and multiple different channels, right? Mm-hmm. The third one is really, in this world, you need to have a center of all your IT systems, right? You need to be able to plug any backend system you have in a simple way into a platform and start orchestrating all these events we were talking about, if it Mm -hmm. makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. As I said before, buy a ticket through the mobile app, where does that go? How many systems does it touch? Do you even need to care as a person designing the user experience, right? And so all these things should be completely transparent, should be easy to plug all the multiple systems together. But while these are challenges, none of them are are really hard in the sense that we have smart people working on it and there are engineering problems. It's just a matter of time more than anything. Mm. And I think we will be able to solve that pretty quickly. I think, though, once we have that kind of platform, think about the infinite possibilities we are going to have. Like a person can literally sit at their desk and design an end-to-end user experience that is really meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. that's the sense of technology, right? Yeah. <laughs> like just, just get rid of all the mundane tasks and let people be creative. That is the sense of technology, right? Mm-hmm. So this is exciting times, actually. These are really exciting times. And this last section that I wanted to, to get your opinion on, because being as mobile strategists, I have people ask me all the time, so what does that mean? And oftentimes it means a lot of different things depending on the different scenario you're in. And so leading mobile strategy for Salesforce, I'm curious, 
from your point of view, you know, what are the components that make up mobile strategy for you? So like essentially, how do you define it and what are you looking at to direct the strategy? I am very fortunate to be leading mobile. I don't want to simplify this, but I did say earlier, I think most critical thing to keep in mind is that mobile is almost just a user interface, right? How do I experience all these services I have available on the go? I shouldn't even say on the phone specifically, just on the go, right? Think about it. What made the cloud really, truly successful? Mobile access. What made social very successful? Mobile access, right? What is going to make uh, IoT successful, I mean, arguably is already successful, it's mobile access. You control your devices through um, mobile access. I mean, right now it's through the phone, right? Mm -hmm. And think about Einstein. When you, when you really, uh, sorry, Einstein is our artificial intelligence platform. Okay, but just think about artificial intelligence. Uh, where is most critical? It's in the moment. It's where you are on the go and you receive intelligent notifications. Mobile has become the gateway for experiences, all these new services we are building. So when you think about this, and it's easy for you to identify what the role of mobile is, essentially is to, to make sure that your consumers and your employees are engaged. They use as much as possible the systems. You know, any product, any, anything you sell as a company is going to be more successful the more you are, the consumers are engaged with it, right? right? And mobile is the critical component. So that is a little bit my mantra. We are highly obsessed with making the adoption, the engagement of the systems accessible through mobile so that you create that kind of interaction, connection with your customers and your consumers. Really cool. And so, Paulo, what is the coolest thing you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out? We have done an amazing amount of things. Uh, let, me, let me be a little bit proud of what we have done. <laughs> Salesforce One has, has won a multitude of awards. So the most recent one was uh, the Glomo Awards as Best Business App at the Mobile World Conference in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. The Salesforce mobile platform has been in the leader quadrant of uh, the top three analysts uh, out there. So we have had a, truly a tremendous success. What we are going to do next is to take collaboration, especially in Salesforce One, to a whole new way. Mm -hmm. And that is you know, a critical part, I think, of for every employee. It's a, a really critical component. You're going to see a major announcement about collaboration in October mm -hmm. this year. And then you're going to see truly how we're going to churn the mobile platform and we're going to extend all the work you've done to build an application that now shows up only on the mobile phones. You're going to see it actually showing up in the form of new digital channels. So like chatbots and SMS and voice and so forth. So those are the things we're working on. And so where should we go to keep tabs on this, on these updates and this work? 
Oh, you go to salesforce.com slash mobile. Slash mobile. All right, everyone, there you have it. Make sure to go to salesforce.com forward slash mobile to keep an eye on Paulo's work. And also make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round where Paulo is going to be sharing some of his most valuable resources. Well, Paulo, thanks you know, so much for taking the time to chat with us today and really just help us understand how to think of mobile and where it's going and how Salesforce is going to be a huge enabler of a lot of great experiences for just consumers and businesses alike. So again, you know, thank you so much for the time and it was a pleasure to chat. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit EmergeMobileFirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.